the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone, on this lovely June day. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Iron Real Estate. After nearly 10 years on the air, we're proud to say that we are still the only show on talk radio that is all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which we all know is practically everything in this day and age other than the virus. And I was trying to figure out, what can I talk about today that has little to do with the virus? Or we can leave that out. Because once in a while you need a break from it. But I haven't figured out too much. Other than Father's Day. Which we'll talk about in a moment. Our mortgage and finance expert. Ace Barzupoff is here. Um, And I also want to take a moment. To always thank Citizens Bank. For their support of the show. Citizens has opened. uh, A a COVID-19 resource center. And they want you to know. That they're there for you. They understand the tremendous amount of financial and personal stress this, the COVID-19 crisis has caused. So if you need relief or have any concerns or questions about your financial situation, please contact them. As I always say, a call doesn't hurt. It doesn't cost anything. Helpful services and resources include economic impact payments, stimulus payments, financial hardship payments, assistance, online and mobile banking. So you never have to leave your home which um, I think we're all going to do a little bit. Um, also joining us with us, as always, our, our legal legal, and he is just the greatest, Stephen Eber. Hi, Steve. How are you? Oh, Stephen is, yes, Stephen is a partner in Barton LLC, one of the top real estate law firms in New York City, and he specializes in real estate law. So if you have any legal questions or dilemmas, He's always here to help and answer your questions, so you can give him a call at 866-970-9622. And the three of us are going to start a new Facebook page for Iron Real Estate, so for exciting news, giveaways, and more, um, we'll let you know when that's getting, when we have that all done. We're working on that right now so that you can go to the I and on Real Estate Facebook page and uh, communicate with all of us if you happen to be able to not hear us and you're outside doing something or you can't stream us you can go there um father's day is tomorrow and that's a big day and that's the one thing that i think uh one of the few things that we all hold precious to us and probably um you know and father's day which always you know is celebrated in the world it's not just here in the states it celebrates in the world and it's to recognize the fact father all the fathers and father figures who make 
a difference in lives of their children. And I just want to say happy Father's Day to all of the fathers and the people who have acted like fathers. This is a special day. And normally on Father's Day, people barbecue and just get together with their families or just have a little dinner. So if you're probably that a lot's not going to change. I was talking to some people and saying, what do you do? You know, who, who fathers are not alive like mine. And it's a good time to talk about them or look at old pictures um, and scrapbooks and just to recognize them. And that, I think, because everyone has to be just with their immediate families, uh, not to, we still have the social distance. And so I don't think that much will change at Father's Day, even though there's a virus, it's still Father's Day. And if you can't be with your father, at least make sure you call him. I always will tell you what happened on this day. And so on this day in history, in 1863, West Virginia became the 35th state of the United States of America. That seems so long ago. And in 1782, Congress approved the Great Seal of the United States featuring the emblem of the bald eagle. So those are special things that happened on this day. I wanted to tell you that, and by the way, you know, I'm trying to keep up with every week because I have to tell you, I do a lot of research. I do a lot for my own thing for Douglas Elliman and also doing the radio show. I just try to keep current. And so when I'm looking at articles and things of that nature, I have to tell you, kind of, I read a lot of different things. So we're going to give you the real scoop because all of us are in the industries that we we're here, we're right there, we're, our feet are on the ground, and I think we have a good sense of what's going on now. As far as what's going on in the future, what will things be like? And people always ask me, I'm sure they ask you, Steve and Ace. I always tell them, no one really knows, and if they tell you they know, they're not telling the truth, because it all depends on how we come in out of this virus, whether we have a second phase as they say, we're still in the first phase. Um, so far, so good. New Yorkers and the Northeast has done relatively well. You know, we had the epicenter of the virus, and it seems to have gone calm down. But now that everything is starting to open up, I really don't know. We hope that that will stay and not happen to what happened to Florida, where those cases seem to go up. So even though the weather's finally nice and you just want to get out and do things and socialize again, just remember, keep those masks on. I would tell you that, uh, you know, uh, you know, we'll give you a little report on what's going on day to day. But this doesn't mean that it will stay that way. Because with this virus, you really have to, that, that's predicting a lot of what, what happens in our industries, whether our, our economy starts to get back or not. It really depends on a lot with this virus. But so far, the real estate market, I'm happy to say, has heated up. And the, the housing demand is 25% above pre-pandemic levels, which means that I guess we all found out, I mean, it really hit the headlines in the beginning of March somewhere. So March and April basically probably were dead. Um, demand for houses, and now nationally has, has really gone up. Uh, especially in the first week of June, we were 25% above pre-pandemic levels, above. Now, that's a national number. 
And in some places, I don't see that in New York yet or the surrounding areas, but in some places there's bidding wars uh, and the 3D tours and video chats tours are going on and people are getting used to them. Uh, according to the, a report, 15% of home tours are happening via video chat, which is 30 times higher than pre-pandemic. So um, things are starting to look up, and we hope we can con- they continue to stay. So that's why we want everyone to be safe. I was talking to a friend of mine who owns the real estate companies in Canada. And, you know, this is interesting. Canada, real estate was considered a... Uh, essential service so they never closed down uh we were virtually just stopped um and i don't know if that's good or bad but in canada and i don't really remember the case numbers there so maybe they have less but in canada in the 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 real estate market chugged along because it was considered an essential service and therefore they didn't have a close down um now they're just Real estate is doing, you know, we're all off from last year because people got nervous and I don't blame them and people didn't show and people didn't sell whether they were an essential service or not. Uh, But we're hoping that that picks up. Um, And of course, we're hoping we don't see a second wave. In New York, okay, um, in the rental market, okay, people ask, okay, what was the rental market like? And the rental market, obviously, (laughs) was a low number of transactions because, again, you couldn't show apartments. And even though I think it was easier to rent something um, if you were to use a virtual tour because, you know, if worse comes to worse and you really didn't love it after you saw the virtual tour but you rented it, you're not stuck forever. Whereas in homes, you know, even though they are becoming very popular, I still say, and this is just my advice, if I were buying something, unless I knew the unit, unless I knew the, you know, I, I really would prefer, I think, when you're buying real estate to see it in person. How, what, what do you think, Steve and Ace? See it in person? Well, I, I think what's happening is that you're seeing a lot of, you know, hybrid use of technology. You know, it, it's usually you had one method, then all of a sudden you have a lot of new stuff, and then you sort of, people play with it a little bit and they figure out what gets adapted. Um, so I, I think when it comes to the virtual tours, I think it's a great tool, it's a great filter, um, and then people still want to see the space before they make a final decision. Um, but if I could mention this this week is some really fascinating trends. Um, in the last 48 hours, we had four transactions that I worked on that were representing sellers in New York City. And in every single case, there were multiple bidding wars, multiple contracts. It went from really? one to another, maybe the second one, then the first one came back. Um, and then we're talking about significant moves. I'm talking about between 5 to 7% increases in aggregate price from when the first contract went out to ultimately what they went for in a span of 20, 48 hours. Steve, and this is was that, across is, property would, types, too. Would you say that was, um, like, if you compared it year over year, would you say that the price that they actually went to contract at was higher 
because we're showing kind of like, and this is an average. And again, we're we're just in June now, so we don't have the closing numbers yet. But we, you know, price wise, is that were you seeing it similar or around the same as last year or down a little bit? It's very interesting. I think you got to really segment price point and also neighborhood, and that makes a huge difference. Um, and let me make one other point also to add, which was fascinating before I break that down more. In, in half of these cases, the people that were buying were people moving from the suburbs into the city. So it's a very interesting thing. Like, we're definitely seeing a trend of people moving from the city to the suburbs, but also I'm seeing people from the suburbs moving into the city, and, and, and which makes sense. So what, what I like to describe this market that I'm seeing right now is – it's really what I call a broker's market. And this is where, you know, and we, we've hit this theme before that it's so important to the right professional. The people who just take average statistics out and try to apply it are really missing value. You know, there's certain segments of the market that I think are very slow. I think the ultra luxury market, I think they overbuilt. And so. They're having some issues. They're trying to figure out how to reconfigure properties and do that. But what I'm seeing in the price points, you know, one range of the half a million to one million and the other range of the one million to two million, those are very, very active markets for a variety of reasons. And what's interesting is people are feeling more and more comfortable with their work situation. You know, there, there were some companies that had either temporary um, salary reductions, and you know that's occurred. And I think there's a lot of greater level of comfort of okay, I, I get what happened, um, and they're there. And the other part in the market is you know, there was a dip in the stock market, and a lot of it has come back. So people who saved that maybe didn't pull out their money, like we always warn clients, if you're about to buy, put your money in cash. So if the market goes up or down, it doesn't matter. You know you have your money ready to go for your transaction. But that's come back to so some buyers say, okay, now I feel more comfortable. The savings that I allocated now are there and also ready to deploy. So I think there's a lot of pieces going on to give extra comfort for people. Well, there are, and I think that that's really important because, as I said, I've read a million different reports. Of course, I always use Jonathan Miller's and Douglas Elliman's report because I know um, that they're totally accurate. Uh, and again, as I said, when you look at closings, that's a past number. So when you look at contracts, any numbers that anybody might have um, on contracts, nobody really has. We have them, I think, uh, because we're a large enough company that it does reflect the market. And we had, uh, in the second week of June, we, we recorded the highest number of sales since late March. Uh, and March is probably when it really hit us in a big way, this pandemic. And as New York entered phase one and people started to, hey, say, you know what, we have to get going no matter what. Um, And June, the first half presented a whole new picture with strengthening sales trends and the first significant year over year price drop. Um, And again, we had rentals down. Okay, now they had a price drop. Now, when you look at that, you can say, well, look, prices dropped down. And then you're hearing Steve say, well, they really didn't. Well. If you take numbers year over year and then you have two or three months where we were considered real estate a non-essential service, so we were not able to really show anything, we basically stopped. 
So if you average those months into a year-over-year number, you are going to get a lower number. Uh, so I think that, you know, and, but, but and, my and, guess... And Dottie, can I add one yeah. point on that? Um, sure. we got to be very careful because it depends which statistic, and I know, you know, the Element Report did a great job of it, of uh, breaking it down by property type, co-op, condo, townhouse, by neighborhood. But, you know, it's interesting. You've got to be very careful of that because some people are referring to the stat of just the average sales price. So you could have a situation where you have certain segments are doing very well, but because smaller properties are selling more than big properties, the average price of properties sold went down, even if there's strength in segments of the market. So I always caution my clients, say, don't just look at average price, look at average one-bedroom price if you're buying a one-bedroom, or average two-bedroom if you're buying a two-bedroom. Look at that statistic, not the average in the city. And some people I find are pulling the wrong stat and then drawing the wrong conclusion. So it's really important. That's a great point. Now, when you look at the element reports, and I, that you will see that element on our website, those are closed sales. So they're looking at three months before. I currently will give you the contract sales, which I just gave you, which are significantly up from the last couple of months. But as Stephen just said, if it's, there were relatively lower sales, meaning people, the market was more towards first-time buyers or people just entering the market, that would throw the whole number off. Um, so you have to look at also median sales. Just like, you know, when I talk to people in the Hamptons or in smaller communities, if you have one big $20 million sale and you didn't have it this, you know, if you had it last year in June and you didn't have it in the first two weeks of June this year, that's going to make a big difference in in median sales price and, and actually average sales price because you don't have a lot of transactions. So they're kind of tricky numbers. So you really have to really call a professional who knows. Um, we looked at Los Angeles also because we looked at the both coasts and, you know, they were hit pretty hard too. And, but Southern California saw an uptick at the end of May and, um, there was a small rebound in, um, Los Angeles, Orange counties and San Diego's. Uh, but that was like in the $2 million range, which is for San Diego and for Southern California is probably, you know, I wouldn't want to say cheap, but it's not their entry-level market. Uh, but they did show activity, and I think people are just getting fed up. And then I think if you've been in a, an apartment on lockup or you've been in your house at lockup for two months, you're either going to say, Let, what can we do to improve it? And that's why all these home improvements are going crazy. Or you might say, you know what, time to move, whether it's to move to a larger property or some people say, well, I don't need this, or it's to move out to the suburbs. So I think you're going to see, I think, unless we get an extreme bad second wave, uh, which I'm praying that we don't, I think you're going to see the market start to slowly um, come back. Now, in New York, phase two does approach. And I think if it's planned for this Monday, phase two of Governor Cuomo's plan to reopen the counties of New York State, Um, Yeah, well, New York City is going to be phase two starting on Monday, and you know that's the city. Uh, I'm up in Westchester. We already had phase two, so all of a sudden that happened earlier this week. So you're seeing the outdoor cafes at restaurants are getting very creative of how they're using space. Um, Hold that thought, Steve. 
We yep. have a break coming up. We'll finish that right after the break. We're back talking about how this, how the Northeast is reopening. 866-970-9622. We'll be right back on how we're reopening. On Tuesday, July 7th, all towns in New Jersey's 5th Congressional District will vote in the primary. Dr. Hector Castillo is the only candidate who is a seasoned politician, a successful businessman, and a skilled healthcare professional. Dr. Castillo understands the needs of people from all incomes and all backgrounds because he built his way up to the American dream and has experience in multiple industries. As an internist and ophthalmologist for 30 years, he will make the right healthcare decisions to lift New Jersey out of this pandemic. As a politician, he's built strategies on how to fix New Jersey's broken tax system and to provide proper health care for all. He cares about the people and can represent the rich diversity that New Jersey needs to make the right decisions in Congress. Dr. Castillo will stand with the people and lead New Jersey to greatness if we can get him through the primary. Vote Castillo for Congress 2020. Hi, this is Dr. Hector Castillo and I approve this message. Paid for by Castillo for Congress 2020. Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time. I spent years studying how to make this the best. I didn't make this because I wanted to make a company. I love what I do. But the demand became so great that we started you know, working it out until it took over a room in my office. And then we had to move it out of my office. And then I had thousands of people asking for it. It was just, it was actually only sold on a referral basis for many, many years. Other companies are starting to catch on to this, and I buy every single other product that comes out so I can look at it and see it and test it. And, and I fear that people will buy some counterfeit and take it for a couple of months and go, oh, it's a bunch of crap. It doesn't work. Well, this is the real stuff. And don't be fooled because we have absolutely the best process. And I can say that because we purchase every single one and check them out. I took everything that was on the market. Nothing ever worked. Nothing ever worked. And this is the first thing that's really worked. There's never been a company that's offered this kind of stuff and really followed through. I was trying things, and I just decided that I was going to try another product. I can tell you right now, I'll be recommending Balance of Nature. So much stuff doesn't do anything, or it works against the medication you have to take, and da-dum, 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 and nothing happens. You guys are doing a better job. It's the most effective product that I've ever bought in my life. I've never had anything that I've taken from somebody I found on the, from the radio that they do exactly what they say they're going to do. Nothing can compare with the benefits of Balance of Nature. Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. Again, that's balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code THEANSWER. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Radio.com. With so much uncertainty in the world, one thing is certain. Our energy bills aren't going away. Do you really want the government and a 100-year-old monopoly mandating what you pay for electricity? At Sun Life Solar, they put you in control of your electric bill. Find out if you qualify for a free install of solar at your home. Visit TakeControl.Solar to schedule a no-obligation virtual consultation. That's TakeControl.Solar. Take control of your energy bills, and even you can be living the sun life. 
He's the voice the news stations go to when they need to understand a headline-generating legal case, especially when it involves a celebrity. He's Royal Oaks, and he's Tom Girardi's guest this weekend on Champions of Justice. They talk about Rodney King, Robert Blake, and Michael Jackson, stories you couldn't hear during their trials. It's fascinating. Tune in Champions of Justice, Sunday mornings at 10, here on AM 970, The Answer. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back on the air again. And uh, obviously we're in the middle of talking about how the city and how uh, the surrounding areas or the cities were supposed to go to phase two months. I think Monday, as she was saying, and, you know, Westchester, Long Island, a lot of the places surrounding have already been open, not to phase three. However, I just want to remind you, because I said earlier in the show that Ion Real Estate has a Facebook page now. So if you are on Facebook and you'd like to contact any one of us, um, you can through Facebook uh, or you can put radio show or just leave a message or have a face we did facebook and we will give you one one number that you can uh, text us to give the com. you'll have a direct link to steve and aces uh, website so you can do that and so we set everything up we're working we're working to get the t- technology perfect uh, but now talking about how the city reopens, and Stephen was in the middle of uh, talking about that and saying that they've been open, and we've been open here also. However, uh, you know, Long Island, but the governor says, you know, I do see people really, I guess some people are so happy to be out that some people are neglecting to wear masks, and we don't want to see uh, cases go up. So I would say even though I know it's a pain and I've been down the dumps a little bit, which I never, I'm always pretty positive, but after a while it gets to you and always wearing masks. However, I have a friend who is going, who is since he's getting Amazon's going to buy them. And he developed these masks that are actually see-throughs. So you can see your lips. Cause I'm, when I put a mask on, my lipstick always gets on the mask, but you can see your lips. And I find I can't breathe in them. Excuse me, and it looks like you can breathe. So we'll see. But um, I was in the city to see my doctor, and he told me, uh, I think that we're going to be wearing masks for about a year at least. And I hope that's not true. But you know what? <clears throat> Life throws you a lot of curves, and what do they say? You've got to deal with them. So in going back to our topic, Steve, you were in the middle of talking, Stephen, about the recovery and uh, what you're seeing. And then I'd love to hear from Ace. And then I have questions for Ace and Stephen and myself on, on what you're seeing in the recovery. And I'll tell you my read on it. Although, as I said, whatever we're telling you today is today. Uh, it Things could change depending on the course of this virus takes. And I'm assuming and hoping that it will continue being low in the, you know, and going down at least here. And I'm hoping that in the States that it's rising, that, um, they catch it so that it goes down. But I'm really hoping we find the vaccine. So, uh, Stephen, what are you seeing with the, the re- openings? 
Well, it, it's, it's interesting. This is where I do think the suburbs have a distinct advantage because what they're able to do is deploy tables in a socially distant way in parking lots and in grass areas around the restaurants. So it's very interesting. You know, it, it sort of feels like, you know, an Alice in Wonderland tea party going on when, when you, you see all these tables out. No one's inside and everyone's outside. Um, so as long as the weather stays nice, they have plenty of seating. And so I think that can work on nice days for um, a lot of the suburban restaurants so that they'll have a chance to bounce back. And, and just looking anecdotally in Westchester, I, I looked around at a couple of, uh, you know, towns last night and went to one myself, and they're all pretty packed, which I'm thrilled to see for the restaurant tours. I think in the city, the, the challenge that you're going to have is that you just don't have that outdoor space to the same degree. So you have, there's a few restaurants I can think of that maybe have a corner property that can kind of work on both sides. But I know not, there has been some talk about not, maybe a street closure here not, and there to help them out. Yeah, I don't want to interrupt you, but, but you're not in phase two yet. I mean, I'm out east and out east. We're in Long Island. We're on phase two, and the restaurants here are all open with outdoor space. Uh, they have takeout, and you can have outdoor space. I mean, the capacity is still way lower than they would normally have, so it's still really a strain on them. However, for people, it's, like, so great. Everyone's outside, and they are trying to socially distance it, but it's still a lot less capacity. Now, Ace, your family is in the restaurant business, and Ace, you are you in the city still, or are you out of the city? Yeah, I'm in the city, and good morning, Daddy. Good morning, Stephen. Sorry, Daddy, I had some technical difficulty um, signing on, but uh, glad to be here and so excited for Phase 2, Daddy. I um, know, I know. Like what do you it's, see? It's, You're in the city. You stay... What do you see? Yeah, so, in the, so in the city, you know, I was out um, last night, and to Stephen's point, you know, there's curbside seating now, so basically sidewalk cafes, but... I mean, look, one thing that I have to give New York City is we are creative, right? So we, <laughs> I saw so many tables on the streets, um, to Stephen's point. Um, some blocks are actually not closed off, but there's no cars parked on the streets. So I saw tables on the streets, and literally there's maybe five or six tables in front of each restaurant. And people were, were sitting, and it, right, it reminded me of Barcelona, like Spain, you know? And it was so amazing. People were having a great time drinking wine. Although they're still six feet distance apart. So I think Monday you're going to see every single restaurant have curbside seating because the city has given the restaurants um, the ability to apply for a license and get it within two weeks. So oh, I know great. a lot of fellow restaurateurs, they've already filed Saudi. So everybody is gearing up. And um, it's, uh, I mean, if you go outside right now, I'm literally in Tribeca downtown and people are outside walking around. So um, I think the energy is back, you know, phase two. I think people have been waiting for this. And to your point, Dottie, as long as everybody still remains responsible, still wears masks so that there's no wave two, I think um, I think this is a good sign for our city, you know? so I do, too. I do, too. And I know that at least uh, they're thinking or they're trying to close actually the streets down, a couple of streets for, two, like, like, say, from four to eight. Uh, or, or four to ten or something like that so that restaurants can put more tables out and yeah. so that they can have more business because they're still at a limited capacity 
However, you know, I was talking to one of the elected officials out east, and they said to me, "But because we reopened out east, I was there." And I said to him, he said, but we have to be careful because they can't block the routes, of course, to hospitals and important things. But I think that they're going to try to do that all over where they close the streets and let restaurants be able to have more of a capacity. And you know what? In the city, for most part, people eat out, I think, more than in the suburbs. And I, I have to say, little things... Those little things that we just have, we took for granted that we haven't done for two or three months. They're like, oh, my God, I'm alive again. <laughs> for sure. Feels great. And, and Dottie, you know what's the most exciting part of phase two? The salons what? and barbers. So oh. everybody's talking <laughs> about going back to the salons, getting their hair done. So I think that's the most exciting part about all this with everyone, everybody in hibernation for the last two to three months, you know. So we'll see. That is. But remember. You cute. Yeah. Go ahead, You Dottie. probably have to make an appointment now, okay? Yeah, like you do, a real, you because do, they yeah. can't have as many people in. So if you don't make it early, exactly. you're dead. So, <laughs> so, but with that, Ace, we talked a little about in the beginning of the show. We talked about, you know, the real estate market. At least we're seeing an element. Um, the first two weeks of July look promising. I mean, obviously, now when you take the year-over-year year average, obviously with two months that we really shut down, they're going to be lower. But we started to see activity come back a bit uh, in, 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 in June. And, again, Definitely. everything is really contingent, that virus, that we don't have a second wave and that the numbers keep lower. And I also said earlier on the show that, Interestingly enough, my friend from Canada, who has a ton of real estates there, said to me that real estate in Canada was deemed an essential business, so they never shot. Interesting, yeah. isn't it? They were deemed. But mortgage rates, I mean, they're below us. And I read is that mortgage applications to buy a home surged to the highest in 11 years as rate it's the, the, a, a low, such a low. Is that what you're seeing? That's, that's correct, Dottie. The last week, um, even the last two weeks, we've been seeing record-breaking numbers in terms of just people continuing to refinance, right? And also now we've seen a wave of contracts being signed. So I, I don't know if you guys talked about this in the beginning of the show, but we've seen an influx of contracts being signed. Now, look, everything is relative, right? So if, you're, if your price point is right, you know, I've seen some some bidding wars out there as well, where you know. Can you hold that are, on just so we get through with the break? Ahead, I'd love to finish talking yeah. about that because we were talking about it in the beginning. I'd love to get your read on it. We'll be right back. Yeah, You're listening to IS Real Estate. You can get us on Facebook. Call just get to IS Real Estate or DottieHarmon.com. We'll be right back after the break. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust. At a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion. There is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, 
You won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8.30, right after Morano in the Morning on AM 970. The Answer. Relief Factor. Effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that I don't have a script? I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks and my pain was gone and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com. And then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than just serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable. Serving part-time lets you attend school full-time while you take advantage of education benefits that can help you graduate debt-free. If a civilian career is your goal, serving part-time allows you to work at a full-time job. The skills, qualities, and contacts you'll develop in the Guard can open doors to a great civilian career. Want to serve but worried about being away from friends and family? Part-time service in the Army National Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want while you enjoy the many benefits of serving your community and nation. You owe it to yourself to learn more about how the Army National Guard can fit into your life. Visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association and this station. Take AM 970 The Answer anywhere you go with our mobile app. Get in on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Radio.com. As the will of the students goes, so goes the will of the nation. This is the central theme of the new movie, Return to the Hiding Place, a film about Corrie Ten Boom and her family's heroic efforts to hide and save Jews from the Nazis during World War II and about her secret army of teenagers. Watch this captivating movie tonight with your older children at SalemNow.com and save 20% with promo code WNYM. Return to the Hiding Place at SalemNow.com and promo code WNYM. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah. Ace, you're finding a little bit more about opening up the restaurants and um, you're finding out the crowds that are coming yeah, back. Yeah, what happens? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yes, even. And, and, you know, right before the break, I was talking about what, uh, what we've been seeing um, on the mortgage side. And the activity level has just been um, really, really active, I would say, right? Um, contracts being signed, um, pre-appro- pre-approvals being done on the purchase side. And I would say 
if you're if you're talking about price point, uh, you know, I think going into the year 2020, the rest of the year and 2021, if you're thinking about selling your apartment or your home, price point will be critical, right? Um, I think if you're looking at the luxury market, um, the luxury market has slowed down, but then there's also folks out there that's looking into the city that's not um, leaving the city, but they're but they're looking intently for a, a price that is correctly um, priced in the marketplace, right? So if you if you are thinking about selling, um, consult with a realtor, consult with an attorney, and really put your best foot forward. Because if you do, with inventory still being low, the chances are people are are going to be willing to make a deal, and and you know they still they still are interested in coming into the city. So we're finding the same thing on our end. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Stephen, so I, I don't know if, if, if you've seen it, but I've seen contracts um, having some bidding wars, surprisingly. But it's, it's really about the price point. So if, you, if you're purchasing anywhere between $1 million to $2 million, you're definitely seeing that, right? So anything above $2 million, not so much. But right around the $1 million to $2 million mark, I'm seeing tremendous acti- activity, you know? So. Yeah, now before you're able to come on, that's exactly what I was talking about with Dottie. And... Um, on, on between Thursday and Friday, I had four different sales side transactions where we had multiple bidders and the price bounced back and forth. And from where we started to where we ended, we ended up between 5 7% on average above where the accepted offer was. Um, and, they were, and they were solid offers. I mean, in some cases, they were over ask to begin with. So it was very, very interesting. And they all fell in exactly – the most expensive was one at $2 million. They were between about eight hundred thousand to two million, exactly in that sweet spot range that you're talking about. Really? Yeah. Well, well so. Stephen, I, I have a couple of questions for you, Stephen. Um, and you know, like renting your so, so this came from Betsy from Spring Lake, New Jersey, right? Is renting mm-hmm. your vacation home on a short-term basis considered residential use or commercial use? So it's interesting, and by, and by the way, we, we find we had a, we had a client who just closed on a place in Spring Lake about two weeks ago, uh, a brand new construction build uh, that they bought. It's a great area. Um, what happens is it depends on how long when you when you define like transient. And so what happens is you have to look in each um, local town. Um, and so what happens is they generally define. Um, the concept of a transient stay like a hotel or a bed and breakfast versus a residential lease, which is longer term. A lot do follow something similar to what New York City has, where the, the definition is 30 days or less. So if you're in New York City, it's you, a lease has to be 30 days if you have residential property. Otherwise, you have to be a hotel, a motel, a bed and breakfast. I don't know the cutoff in Spring Lake um, at the moment, but it's definitely a different license. So if you want to convert your home and have that um, short-term rental, you need to look in it. Now, a lot of the beach communities do have a lot more flexibility. A lot of them are sort of one-week rentals, um, or, or they have other flexibility. A, t- a town like Spring Lake, because is it's much more single-family home and less condo, um, than some of the other Jersey Shore communities, I would imagine that I would feel that town would be a little stricter than, than some other places. That's great advice, Stephen. Yeah, that's true. I, I apologize. Yeah. You know, with this technology, I just 
<laughs> I, I must have had three calls come in at one time. So everyone knows I'm doing the show not to call me, but they forget. So I went <laughs> off the air a couple of times, and I apologize about that <laughs> because it just they just got disconnected. And um, Dottie, Dottie, just tell them to call the show. And then you guys can, you know. That's right. Okay. But it, but but my phone shouldn't be disconnected. But it was funny. I I was having so many problems with it. And I didn't think to call cable and find out because, you know, when there's a lot of people around, I didn't think to call them and find out, you know, what my, uh, what kind of waves I was getting. And so um, the cable uh, people charged me $30 more uh a month just to have my Wi-Fi stronger. I didn't realize it was always good enough until this year. Okay. So I did increase that, and I thought that would be significant because it was hard for me to make calls. Or, oh, text didn't come in for two days or three days, and I, I guess my Wi-Fi wasn't uh, – I guess they changed it, and they're probably making money on it, so they know everybody's doing that. So it's, it's interesting. But I, yeah. I, I left off with you about mortgage rates, and I had read something. I don't know if this is true or not, but when we were talking about mortgage rates, they I read something where they said it was a turning point and that, you know, because everyone says, you know, when will they, you know, should I buy now? And I know that you have said on other shows that possibly, you know, this will still, rates will stay low for a good year or so. I think you've said that um, or yeah. for a while. Yeah. And this, I think it was, uh, yes, this man named Speakman said, well, it all depends on the virus, because he said if the virus, if we got bad news with this virus, mortgage rates could go up again. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's why they're saying now is the time to buy, because you don't know what the future is going to be. And um, I think, I think but, look, Scotty, no, nobody has a crystal ball, right? And, and we've been... Saying that rates are going to go up now for, I would say, like the last seven years we've been on this show, Dottie, yes. right? So, um, yes. look, you never know what's going to happen. There's, there's so many different factors that, that goes into either rates going up or down, right? I think the election, um, people are now saying, economists are saying that rates may tick higher uh, depending on the election results and things of that nature. So, look, um, I think it's safe to say that we are at the bottom. I think the only direction probability if i was a gambling man or person i would say that the chances of rates going lower than where they are today at historical lows are not really in your favor right so i would say if you're looking to purchase this is the perfect time and i can't emphasize this enough where when the when when there is a crisis and there is uncertainty in the marketplace it's probably the best time to look because people are willing to make deals so i can't emphasize this enough every single week on this call where, you know, myself and Steven and Dottie, you know, we're seeing deals being made every single day, whether you're buying an apartment in the city, whether you're buying something in the suburbs. So I think if you were ever on the fence or sort of just, you know, within the last three years and four years and you were thinking to yourself, man, these prices are so high, I can't really enter the marketplace. Well, guess what? This is your opportunity. So don't let it slip, you know, don't let it pass you by because you're going to be looking back at it when oh, everything I comes back, Dottie, and you're going to... Couldn't agree with friends. you more. Couldn't no, agree with you no. more. But let me ask you, Ace, I have a question for you. It says, um, uh, it's from Alex in New York, and he says, I found a great deal on an apartment in Manhattan, and I really want to be in Manhattan, but I'm self-employed. 
and I know that it's hard or difficult to obtain a mortgage being self-employed. Given the state of the market, would it be better for me, Ace, to apply for a mortgage or explore the option of a margin loan? Um, I would never do a margin loan. I would always explore doing a a mortgage. Um, So I would say, look, for self-employed borrowers, as long as you have your tax returns in line and, um, you know, probably this year you're you're doing an extension, but you can always do an audited P&L with your accountant and show the bank that this year, this is how much you've made prior to COVID-19. And, you know, it's the same process. Is it a little bit more difficult? Could be, depending if your business shut down the last three months, which most likely it did. Um, so as long as we show the ability that your business won't be affected as much by COVID-19 and that customers will continually slowly come back, you should have no problem. So I wouldn't deter if you're self-employed out there in the marketplace. I wouldn't deter yourself from either exploring getting a mortgage or whatnot because, look, the banks understand the situation and they understand that it's temporary. So we'll work with you to kind of look at your documentation and your finances. So, And if I so can you- just add to that, so many times I hear because, well, my friend who had a business had a problem. You never know what who they worked with, which bank, and what they what unique issues they have in their story. So, I always tell clients right. have the conversation because you never know what's going on, and the guidelines change one month to next. Sometimes, yeah. like everybody's unique, have the conversation. Yeah, that's 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 so true, um, Stephen. You know, every everyone's situation is different. And it never hurts to just ask that question, right? So I would really, really find out. encourage everyone to call and find out. Exactly. You know, it doesn't cost. Facebook page or you can text me. A site and Stephen's site so you can get a You try to make it simple. Okay, very simple. Anyhow, in saying that, we were talking about the reopening, and hopefully uh, we are seeing things reopen. I think uh, Long Island uh, and and some of the boroughs will be on uh, phase three. And there is a pent-up demand. I mean, there's a demand of people who have taken their homes off the market uh, because they were nervous. Uh, rightfully so. They didn't want people in their homes. And people that were buying who still want to buy but felt, you know what, I'll, I'll wait till it calms down before I'll feel a little safer. And that demand is growing. And I think to Stephen's point, you need to look at price ranges and things like that. But I can tell you um, that it really is the worst is somebody can say no. All right. And people are like, right, to me, what should I offer somebody? Which is an interesting thing, because I can't, I can't make a blanket statement on what should, like people say, what should you offer? Now remember, your broker usually is working for the seller, and uh, they shouldn't be doing it. They might, but legally, they shouldn't be telling you what any uh, anything other than this is the price. Make an offer. Uh, because if they do, you know, it's really a violation of the state law. Because if you're working for the seller, you should decide. Because a seller might say no today to a number, and then tomorrow he might take it. So you really know, never know. So there's really no number. But what I would say to do, and, and Stephen and Ace, just, you know, add in anything that you can think of. What I would say to do, 
cat. But what's sold recently and what it's sold for and how much inventory. If there's not a lot in that price range, okay, if there's not a lot of available inventory, okay, and it's not, you know, and it's a, 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 there's a lot of transactions that have closed and there's not much left, it's supply and demand dictates price, okay? So, yeah, you, you know, make an offer, okay? But I wouldn't be insulting and make an offer unless you can prove, which your broker can help you do, that homes in this area sold for this, this, and this. And if you're a seller, you should have your broker have that available, which the broker has, so that if a person makes a high, a, a lowball offer, you can justify why it's worth documentation. Uh, it's better than not having. You, you always want to have how you arrived at a price, not like it just came into my head. Yeah. So I know we had a couple of questions, and I'm sorry. I think there were two questions from uh, two different shows, and I'm sorry I didn't get to you, and I don't know that you're still on the line, but I really, uh, my my device went off, and so I didn't get the questions because we did have some callers call, and I couldn't get to them because I couldn't see them. But when you're, when you're negotiating, and you want to give your strengths first, so if you go to ACE and you are pre-approved, and you can say, I can get a mortgage, I already have the certificate, and I, I am qualified, I, am, I, I, I can get a mortgage, all that has to be really done now is for them to do the appraisal on your property, and then we're done. I mean, I really think that puts you at a big advantage. I'm sure you tell your clients that, Stephen, when they ask what they should do. Oh, 100%. I mean, preparation is the most important thing, and you basically have, you know, the trifecta, right? You have the brokerage side, finding the property, negotiating the deal, understanding the economics of the market, the mortgage side, knowing what you can afford, how you need to prepare, and the legal side. And I always recommend contact all three at the same time. I mean, usually, I don't know, maybe people have a thing about talking to lawyers, but we're not bad people. And But they always wait to the last minute to call us. If you call us early, we can help you with the structure. What if you have co-borrowers, right? You know, a, a, one-third of all couples who are buying now are not married. Well, marriage wow. um, is a legal relationship. You might have, be a wonderful couple, but what happens if you buy together and something happens? You know, nothing is planned or discussed. That. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Um, we ha- I think we have uh, the news coming up, so we'll be right back. Uh, and good news, and I think, I can say in two seconds, the city board freeze froze rents for stabilized apartments. So if you're in a rent-stabilized apartment, which is hard to come by, your rent's not going up. Thought I'd get that in before the break. We'll be right back. Um, we just have to go to the 11 o'clock news. Ion Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.